everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 167, The Careless Karens. On this episode, we delve into the topic of Karens being both essential trail markers and popular rock art formations. Is the careless Karen manipulating our natural environments? And what do you do when you see that see one that does not serve a critical function in the backcountry. All this and more, get talking about this topic. Join in on the discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Trust the Trail podcast and start the conversation. Come hang out with us and be part of our community. So we have partnered with the dirt.com. That's D-Y-R-T dot com, the dirt. The Dirt is a top camping search platform in the United States with over 1 million user submitted locations, reviews, and tips. The platform is free to use on the web. It does have an iOS and Android app with additional functionality available in the paid pro version. Why is this important? Why are we partnering with them? Because we're using that to travel across the country to find routes and find campsites that are available if you get the pro version which i would recommend because it pays for itself very quickly you save 40 percent on your first night camping that's sunday through thursday two night minimum holidays excluded and then 10 percent off all other nights and campgrounds offering the premium discount and then 30 percent off camping gear that's a huge deal it's 35 dollars and 99 cents a year Just go to our website at TrustTheTrailPodcast.com and click on our exclusive offer for our listeners. It's right on the front page. Just click through that banner and get it. You won't be disappointed. We've been using it a lot lately. Uh, And it really is helpful. It absolutely pays for itself very quickly. If you're looking for additional gear deals, we're going to talk a little bit about this in a second. You need to bookmark the BackpackerStore.com where the power is in the search. You can use the search area to type in the piece of gear you want and compare prices for all the major online outfitters like Moose Jaw, Camp Saver, Eastern Mountain Sports, Enlightened Gear, Hyperlite, MSR. They're all on the backpackerstore.com. In full disclosure, we built that site. I'm gonna talk about that in a minute at no additional cost to you. And if you purchase something, we do take a small commission off any gear you buy which we put back in the podcast. So, you may be listening to some background noise. (laughs) Just just a smidge. Maybe a couple trucks, maybe a few cars, maybe an alarm going off, maybe a horn. Who knows? Um, But we are in, we are recording this podcast. We've recorded some podcasts in some pretty cool places on the trail. But... We are in the Airstream in Midland, Michigan, in a mechanic's parking lot because our van had a hiccup and we had to get an alternator change. And these guys were so nice that not only did they let us park the Airstream in their parking lot, they gave us an extension cord and they're supplying us power <laughs> just amazing and thus, so we can do this podcast we can do the podcast <laughs> we were supposed to be in a national forest quiet 
quaint, perhaps a few owls in the background, but no, instead you get the roar of a car's engine as it whizzes past us. And we're at a huge busy intersection and it's like 90 degrees outside right now as we speak. It's a little much, but uh, hopefully you can bear through uh, the background noise, take it in sync, uh, go with the flow. What's another analogy? Um, ignore the background noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been it's been a crazy two days. What we thought was going to be a real quick fix ended up being, you know, the 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 um, you know the reality is is that there's a supply chain problem still, and no more of the days of just going in and saying, "Hey, do you have this part?" They're like, "Yeah, no, we're gonna have no. We no one has that part. What?" How many days are we going to be here? Ooh, that's a good question. So we luckily we're, we we've been here for two days. I think we're leaving tomorrow morning. I think we'll see. But either way, we have to be in Bay Furnace Campground immunising uh, by what Tuesday, Wednesday we have to be up there so hopefully everything will be everything will be okay so um so yeah we we had a real interesting um you know when we just started about podcasting the smokies that was released last week we we had an interesting observation while you're out backpacking in the smokies and then uh today uh ironically enough as we were putting the podcast together we saw a message come from the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Yeah, so this is obviously not a new topic, the topic of Karens, uh, but it remains a very controversial topic. And I believe new information as new photographs and new detail comes out, it continues the conversation. So we really wanted to talk about this and it was very eye-opening as we were in the Smoky Mountains and this topic came up on our hike. Are they becoming a backcountry fad? Are they more helpful? Are they harmful? And what dictates one versus the other? Are they considered graffiti? Are they unnatural road signs, perhaps? Do they tarnish your wilderness experience? How do you know the difference between a Karen and an artifact? And what would we do? If we came across a Karen that didn't belong, we are talking about all of this right now. Yeah, and before we totally get into that topic, because I, we have some very strong opinions on that, I want I want to I have a huge thank you, a huge shout out to Hyperlight Gear and Kendra. So, the BackpackerStore.com. There's there's some confusion out there as far as what that site is, and the confusion isn't with us. We know what that site is. The confusion is with some of the vendors. So a huge shout out for Kendra. And why am I giving her a shout out? Uh, because Kendra answered an email. And I think in today's world, when you're trying to build relationships with gear companies and partners and, and things like that, I think it's important to, um, you know, answer, answer somebody's email. So the thing with the backpacker store is this. And Kendra, totally thank you for, for doing this. Is that the backpacker store is a 
it's a database. It's not a it's not a website, so to speak. So the way the backpacker store works quickly is that it's a third party site. It is ran through a third party company. And so companies like Hyperlite, MSR, Enlightened Gear, they they belong to this third party. They 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 hire this third party to sell extra gear, off-brand gear, uh, overstock gear. And so then they let someone like me say, okay, I'm going to write blogs and posts and I'm going to put links in there. And then, of course, that takes you right to that merchant um, account or that merchant uh, um, uh, checkout page like Hyperlite. Well, what, what's happening is that some of these gear companies are looking at the site and they're like, oh, this is just like a regular coupon site. It's not a regular site. It's not a real site. And so lately I've been getting these emails saying, well, you know, that, that like, you know, violates our terms of service and we're not going to, you know, we're breaking our relationship. Well, so I've had to then email them and saying, no, no, this is what the site is. Well, then they email back and saying, oh, my God, we're really super excited and you're promoting that on, on the podcast and it's really cool. So 99.9% um, .9 of the gear companies that we have on the backpacker store, we have a very good relationship with and they always email me back. Kendra, thank you so much for seeing that issue emailing back and solving the problem. So that is always a sign of good customer service because, you know, it's not, not, it's not like we're selling like thousands of dollars of Hyperlite gear each month. That would be great if we did. But um, just the fact that she emailed back and said, hey, you know, thank you so much for clarifying. Really appreciate it. Uh, you're back to where you were. Um, and it was a really nice email. So... Just wanted to let you kind of like update on that and say a huge thank you to Hyperlite and Kendra for for being good customer service. That was awesome. So as far as the Karens go. And we're talking about that now. Yes. <laughs> very exciting topic. <laughs> a very controversial topic depending on which side you view it. Now, middle of the rotors can view it either way. But there's this huge debate between those that are pro-Karen for whether it be for what I would think of as the original way in the backpacking world um, of what they're intended for and what their, their use is and what you gain out of being a backpacker. Um, and then against Karen's, your you know, against Karen's due to the fact that it causes a lot of confusion from a hiker's perspective when you need it the most, when you're most reliant on a Karen to navigate through. And then, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about the controversy that is stemmed over the overuse of Karen's um, and how that's changing the ecological environment and all that is resourcing off of that environment and, and needs it to sustain. Yeah, and for those people who don't know what a Karen is, it's really just a trail marker. Um, in most times, uh, in most cases, uh, Karens were long before trail signs, um, before people were going out and volunteering for 
uh, in wilderness areas or uh, in some cases even national parks, state parks, they would put rocks on top of rocks. And that would be your indication to either turn or you were on the trail. So Karen is really just kind of like a, a, a trail marker um, that indicates that you are on the right trail or the trail goes one way or the other. And Karens are widely used today in in a, in a lot of different places. It, it, it's specifically in terrains where you're probably more above the tree line or where trees are sparse. Uh, you know where you're not able to navigate like a real path and you're more walking across a barren land correct and so or waterways that kind of thing we're going to talk a little bit about that it's essentially a visual cue to the hikers that you are on the right path you are not lost well they ran out they ran out of spray paint (laughs) to paint the tree you know so karen's karen's have been used in uh prehistoric origins it goes way, 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 way back. And this is not what this is, but before they were trail markers, they were also used as burial grounds, as shrines, um, stacked to indicate where a water source was, a food source, boundaries of, of land. Um, and, you know, just significant aspects such as like battlegrounds and stuff like that. So they've been widely used throughout historic uses and they've adapted and they grow but we are talking specifically about the karen in the backpacking world i could see that in the prehistoric days right i mean you don't have a lot of resources to like make a sign <laughs> you know i mean i think to differ there's i mean i'm sure creative. in the neanderthal period well, they weren't like say you know uh, 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 and then like make a make a trail sign so the obvious choice would be a rock it seems like the rock was a very heavily used tool back then in in prehistoric times well you could actually argue that it's a multi it was really the first multi-use piece of gear you could use it as a, a you know, like a weapon, too. I was about to say you could bong somebody <laughs> on that. Bong someone. <laughs> I'm sure they used it to hunt, like, buffalo. You know, it had a very multi... You could mark your territory, beat your food to death, and then if it if you didn't cook it right, it was used to bury your friend. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it seemed like it had a lot, of, a lot of uses back then. But today, it's, uh, it's called the Karen. C-A-R-I-N. Not Karen, like not the Karen name, like it's not a she. It's not, hey Karen. <laughs> Would have never, never gone down that <laughs> thought process. We're delirious with the heat stroke and <laughs> stream. Um, you could argue that there was some form of art, artistic, uh, artistic rendition in trying to build these Karens used for marking things, and that's a lot of what people are building Karens now today for. Um, otherwise known as the careless Karen. Well, I think, so I, I've got two things on the Karen stuff. So the, the first, the first reality of it is that Karens it personally have saved my butt out, out there, especially out West. Um, because out West you have, 
a different type of trail. And for those who want to come on the Sycamore Wilderness uh, Canyon trip, I urge you to do it because that's a completely different type of trail system. And so you are going to rely on Karens. But not only for backpackers, but there were Karens marked for um, horses and, you know, people that were going out into the desert on horseback where they had to kind of figure out where they were. And so not only are, you know, hikers, backpackers, um, rangers building these cairns for trail markers, but a lot of them were uh, old, um, you know, like uh, ranchers that were marking where they were so they could follow their, their trail back home. So out west is, you, you're going to see a lot more cairns and I think, you know, for, for, you know, in my experience, when I was lost one time, um, that's exactly what I was looking for. And so Karens are easily identifiable when you see two rocks or three rocks or four rocks piled up on top of each other. You know that's not a natural event. And so in, in, in most cases, Karens are a good thing. In some other cases now, what we're saying is, it's like, what am I in, like a nature museum of a Karen? I'm like, what is this I'm, what I'm looking at right now? And in the case of the Smoky Mountains, people are building these rock Karens in creeks and in rivers, and it's dis disrupting the fish habitat. Yeah, and I, so, You've got two different sides. Those that don't understand the impacts of building Karens for an art form. You've, you have a huge number of people that are arguing that it's healing to build the Karens. And it's enjoyable and it's beautiful to see, you know, nature recreated in, in a different art form. But while, yes, it's absolutely beautiful to see them sometimes and it's neat to see them and you kind of happen upon them and feel as though you are in nature's museum, it becomes extremely disruptive for the, the sheer navigation alone of what they're intended for. So Karen's in their truest form are intended to navigate. Now, not everybody is going to be reliant on a GPS source, um, an electronic version to be able to help navigate them, or perhaps those that aren't inclined uh, to navigate easily do need those trail markers to be able to identify that they're not lost, that they are on the right path, that they are headed in the right direction. You know, you've got time sensitivity, water sensitivity in all of the hikes that you're doing. And so these trail markers, these cairns that are built by the proper sources that are managing those lands, they are there for an extremely useful uh, source for you as a hiker to be able to properly and easily navigate through the trail system that you've selected. Yeah, and I would argue too that uh, some of these Karens aren't even uh, made uh, by rangers or anyway, they are made because that is the only way to go. And so it's um, the, the one example I know offhand is uh, when we go down to the Grand Canyon, 
um, and we follow the Colorado River, that is not a trail. It's not a trail. It's not even on the map. In fact, the rangers tell you it's not a trail. It's a route. And the reason why the National Park doesn't even take responsibility for that, it's people that have followed the Colorado River up and down these boulders and rocks and and they've made a route and they have marked the, the route they made route. the easiest way the easiest route and they have marked it by karens as far as the national park service goes it's kind of like an out and back trail when you get to uh Tapeach creek campground you're done yeah unless you're going to get in a raft and and you know float down the colorado river to deer creek but that's it they that trail's not on the map so in that aspect, Karens have been, you know, created by other hikers, other backpackers. Again, possibly, you know, people on horseback, uh, you know, possibly it was an old route that, you know, had been marked from days on gone by. And, you know, people have that route. You know, the one thing about a lot of these wilderness areas and national parks and, and state parks is that, you know, we're not the first ones out there. <laughs> you know, they've been... They have been, people know and have been back there for a long time. We don't have any virgin land in the United States. And so it's clearly marked one way or the other. It's clearly marked. What I think the problem is, is that now people are taking it a step far further and they're creating these art current forms. art forms. And I think the question we have to ask ourselves is that, First of all, that's not really how nature intended that to be. What's the difference between a trail marker that's man-made and a trail art form that's man-made? Is it is it different? Is it you know? Is it good? Is it bad? What what's it doing? Um, I know a few instances where um, there are artifacts and there are. Um, literally national historic um and of course i'm, I'm going to say the sycamore wilderness canyon again because we're going to be at a uh, a cabin that made out of stone so if you're taking stones from that and making a art karen decorative art karen for what to to do nothing other than just stack rocks on top of each other to make some kind of art i mean is i would ask you is that 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 can't I can't see how that's acceptable. You know, I, I, I don't I don't understand what the point is to that. I, I think unless you're on the side of actually making Karens as art form or you enjoy it, it's it's hard to or perhaps you've never been in a situation where you're completely reliant on identifying a Karen, uh, you know, for reliability of navigation and I've been in that situation a lot and it is very important to have an, a Karen being able to identify yes that is the direct path I go and it can get extremely confusing when you have Karens popping up left and right um, that people are creating them on their own because oh it seems like a fun thing to do or I get a healing aspect from it or I so you know so it becomes really difficult to understand that unless you've been completely reliant on it now in some in some cases there are Karen's built on a specific route to help with uh, fragile soil or 
certain vegetation that is hard and they're trying to navigate you off off of just like dispersing you all over the place and so I would say when you're when you're looking at a route that has Karens as part of a navigation source it's really important for you to understand where you're going understand the route understand your terrain understand when you need to make that churn what it's going to look like like that's all part of plan ahead and preparing because if you're going into a territory that is completely reliant on Karen navigation and you're just following random stacked rocks you're not you're not setting yourself up for the success of navigating that route properly yeah and there's a lot of trails out there that are just um that are just karens i mean like there are no trail signs there's no there is no trail marker there's nothing other than karens and i think you know we should be a little careful about you know the difference between trail markers and rock art um i think the biggest thing right now that we're seeing is that these these art cairns are really popping up in creeks and rivers and they're not acting as cairns anymore as an art form they're acting as dams and what's happening is that you know there's certain kind of fish and there's certain kind of uh habitats that are in these creeks and rivers again the smokies just put out a statement today saying knock it off you're you're not you know, you're not doing the fish that have been habitating in these creeks and rivers for like hundreds of years. You are preventing them from being able to move on. And yes, you know, you could argue, well, you know, once the river floods or the creek floods, it's going to knock all the cairns down. Maybe, maybe they will. But if everyone keeps doing it, if everyone keeps building upon building on that, that's not going to happen. So I think that was that was very clear what the Smokies said today about, hey, these things are getting way out of hand. So I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway is that if if it's a man-made structure like a stone cabin or or something that's been there for a long time, you know, it, it leave it there. Don't I don't think you should. I don't think you should destroy rocks like and the the one thing that comes into mind very quickly is those Indian ruins. Right. Now those Indian ruins are falling apart. Um a lot of stones for you to pick up. A lot of stones and we we see people taking stones. We even saw people trying to camp in there. Um uh, I mean, that's like a death wish uh because it's just so brittle and it's on the side of a cliff. So you know, but but in that case, that is an artifact. If 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 you start taking away from that, that you're taking away from, you know, the very thing that you're going to go see. You know, um, I don't want to see art out of those stones. I think the other thing too. I think is, it's a respect thing, simply with artifacts. Like you, you you're not creating something new out of something that was once built with intent. No, and especially not for an Instagram picture. And the other thing, too, is that um, I think building Karens and art form and creeks and rivers, although it is cool to see sometimes, but if that 
inhibits nature by evolving in of itself where you know you're disrupting a fish habitat or you're disrupting you know the natural flow that's not nature anymore you know you that's not nature and so in that case don't do it you know it looks cool but don't do it um and you know stop creating a walkway for yourself you know so you can we saw that in the smokies i saw a lot of that in the smokies you know people taking the time if you're in that river taking the time to build a rock bridge okay and it's taking you 30 minutes to displace rock so you can walk across it easier <laughs> you're in the river I at have... that point you're already wet <laughs> it would have taken you less time to just cross it well so i see a lot of that in the smokies i have seen it uh where you see a couple of karen stacked um as art form up higher in the river and i saw somebody navigating towards them now they could have been trying to take a photograph but you know is it beckoning you to follow a pathway that doesn't exist and creating more damage by doing that you know so these are these are things that these unnatural cairn structures are kind of causing a little bit of of confusion well I, I i think there are some areas that are 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 worse than others um i can tell you out west you're going to depend on them so don't screw around with them because they could save your life um i think in some areas that they're completely unnecessary and stop screwing around with it it's not nature um and so you know you're not being part of the answer you're being part of the problem in some cases i think so i guess you know what would you do ariana i mean like here you are you you're just in the smokies you saw a lot of karens like what do you do do you walk by them or do you try to fix them or do you say hey it's someone else's problem or that doesn't belong therefore i shall move it what do you do i personally leave it as is i don't destroy it uh uh, I don't really take account of it if I know it's misplaced. I think that in a lot of terrains, you can identify the difference between a, a purposeful care and placement that is intended to lead you in the proper direction versus an art form or a majestic creation for Instagram. I, I think there's there's an identifiable difference and, and you, you need to know your terrain in knowing when you need them and when you can just ignore them. I think the rule followers out there would probably perhaps take it a step further and then report, report the Karen sightings if they were confusion back to the rangers or whoever is managing that land and let them choose for themselves how they want to address it i can't even tell you how many karens i've knocked down I, in my time really yeah <laughs> so see i walk right past them so but i think no i knock them down because um i've just I, only because they have saved my butt so many times and so i mean and i can tell you one i'll tell you i will tell you one karen that that irked me that i rebuilt and that was in the big frog wilderness. When we did the big frog mm -hmm. and the grass was like yep. waist high right. and you couldn't see the trail. Right. 
and everything was overgrown. Well, there was a trail that if you did not know where that was, there's no trail sign. And um, somebody had some, there was no Karen there. I took the time to actually build a Karen um, for that trail marker. And so in that case, you would have walked right by it. It was so overgrown. And so in that case, yeah. And so when I see a Karen that's not supposed to be there, um, I I question the all the motivation or the motives of why that Karen is there. And if it's going to lead me down, um, you know, somewhere where I don't want to go, I, I knock it down because it's not relevant. Um, in creeks and streams, I would say this, is that um, I follow the path of, you know, least resistance um, as far as, you know, crossing rivers and streams if i see a bunch of cairns on top of each other as an art uh gig um you know if i'm by it and i walk past it i will knock it i will knock it down it just it serves no purpose nature is nature is beautiful enough it, it, you don't need to make rock art to make it more beautiful it's already beautiful and so and quite frankly, a lot of those creeks and streams are really cold, and so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really lounge around in a <laughs> roaring river unless it's like hot in our airstream tonight. I probably would just splash in it, but I, I just I don't I just don't see the purpose of art Karens. I, I for me, I just don't see the purpose in them. Therefore, I can't connect to them, um, only because I know how much they have saved my butt out west. And um, and how 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 important they are to be accurate. Well, I think that's exactly it. There's a time and a place for Karens, and I think that you can easily identify art from fact. And when you find yourself reliant entirely reliant on skilled navigation due to those Karens, you do find a deeper appreciation for them being placed correctly. And I think that's where the controversy really stems on is those have that have become reliant on it and do have a deep appreciation for their correct placement um, versus those that just think they're absolutely stunning and enjoy making them and it's it's like a it's like a feat to be able to make them and there is a lot of beauty in seeing the art form but there's a time and a place for that art to exist and perhaps a trail that is already tricky in navigation or extremely reliant on certain sources is not the time and the place to be making Karens and the national parks and and these different lands are fighting this effort continuously and more aggressively lately because as more and more people go out to seek nature and not understand the depth of nature's roar, I don't know. She but roars. She does. She certainly she does roar. Last week. I think there's a perplexity in, in trying to navigate and educate people on the possible destruction, the possible confusion, and the effects, long-term effects that can have on building Karen as art forms. Well, let me, well, we'll end it here. I'll, I'm going to read you what the Smokies put out today because um, I 
think it is pretty um, pertinent. Um, they're like, and then, so they have a whole movement called Don't Move the Rocks. So, you know, like they have to put out a movement or they have to come up with a slogan, a log, you know, like a slogan, Don't Move the Rocks. And they have like a whole educational program on this. Don't Move the Rocks movement is more than just educating children about not stacking rocks. It's about this. Children alone did not make these dams. And while water can be powerful enough to move rocks, some man-made dams that we find will, will alter the stream ecology unless removed by hand. Species like the hellbender can't afford to wait years for a river to return to normal. Well said. Please remember, there's no magic reset button for nature, especially with over 12 million visitors a year. Help us teach others so we can preserve the Smokies and the creatures that call it home. So I think that's a very powerful message. The Smokies, you know, you, we, we have to remember about the one thing that the Smokies is specific with is that they're dealing with a lot of stuff. They are dealing with the hemlocks that are being destroyed, which are creating a lot more heat on rivers and creeks. They're dealing with 12 million people a year. Um, and you know, so that it's, it's a very, it's a very busy national park and they deal with a lot of different things. So don't build rock art and dams in the creeks and rivers and smokies. I think that's the takeaway, <laughs> you know, I mean, and do you really want to piss off a fish that's called the Hellbinder? It doesn't even, that sounds like I'm just like a, a fish that will come and cut you. <laughs> you know, you want to really piss off that fish. <laughs> you know, I'm the hell binder. So it just, uh, it just doesn't seem, seem very cool. So anyway, you guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the podcast and like to show some love, go to trustthetrailpodcast.com. Click on our merch link. We have partnered with Teespring. We've created Trust the Trail coffee cups t-shirts hoodies there's a new zip hoodie that's coming out and all your favorite sayings also make sure you go to trustthetrailpodcast.com and sign up for our specific emails we're about to put another one out that talks all about the smoky trip and how we ended up in Midland, michigan in a uh in a parking lot and also of course meetups and events a shout out to our lovely and amazing facebook members and of course, our patrons who, if without them, we could not put this podcast together. Uh, Kim Caverman, Brother Bear, Jill Lang, EJ Newell. Thank you, EJ, for your lovely words on uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts um, and your review. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Uh, Becky Winger, Helene Prophet, Ted Jones, Bob Esser, Kathy Kinnison, Jeff Nyman, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Tappendorf, Lisa Pruitt, Mike Pellet, Brad Wolf, Suzanne Johnson, Gary Busia. John Phillips, Shirley Nutt, and Rick Hornet. If you guys don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a secure platform that lets you support your favorite podcast. All you have to do is create an account, go to Trust the Trail Podcast, and as little as $2 a month, get special benefits. Our podcasts are also available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and very, very soon, Amazon Audio. Amazon is going to be putting out uh, not only with their audiobooks, but podcasts. So we're going to be on that for very, very soon. 
Um, if we're not on one, let us know. If we're not on a favorite podcatcher, please let us know. We'll get one. We'll get on there for you. Um, make sure you uh, check us out on Instagram, Trust the Trail, and our Trust the Trail Facebook page. So remember, when you're lost out west and you're looking for two rocks for the love of everything holy that are piled up on top of each other, you're going to remember this episode and say, God, thank you for the Karen information. Really appreciate that. Because ultimately, the trail does give you everything you need. So Trust the trail, you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.